0: Hello there everyone and welcome to Draftville, USA Today Network's podcast talking NFL draft. Been on a bit of a hiatus with the podcast here, but we're back with a new team and a, and a new vision for our podcast moving forward. Certainly going into the draft this year and hopefully beyond that, I am Gentry Estes, sports columnist for the Tennessean. And I'm joined by Chase Goodbread, columnist for the Tuscaloosa News. Chase, how you doing? Doing
1: good, Gentry. Glad to be here. Looking forward to uh, doing this podcast with you over the next several weeks
0: leading up to the draft. A real quick history lesson for everyone. The Draftville podcast started when Nashville hosted the draft a few years ago, uh, which was obviously a big event in downtown. That was in uh, 2019. The Draftville podcast has, has moved along. We've added uh, Chase to the mix this year. I'm pretty excited about that. Chase, uh, a good friend of mine and a guy who has spent the last how many years at NFL.com? Nearly nine.
1: Been a while. Long while. Yeah, almost nine years in NFL.com. Just started with the Tuscaloosa News here in the last month or so. Was in Nashville for the aforementioned draft you're talking about right there at the end of Broadway. It was
0: it was quite the bottleneck for uh, pretty much a week. Yeah, that was a good time. That was <laughs> I mean, it was a, I, one thing I've learned working in Nashville is there really isn't another city short of maybe Las Vegas that can do a big party and a big event the way Nashville can that was right in their wheelhouse to this day people talk about that uh, as a big win for the city but but anyway the uh, the draft Bill podcast that year was a big hit and uh, we're we're continuing it um, not just from the standpoint of nashville but from the the whole USA Today network which encompasses uh, the whole country uh, chase and i are going to bring you a lot of insight and analysis on the draft itself but also a lot of guests uh, for our introductory episode, we're going to be joined later uh, by Chad Reuter, uh, draft analyst for NFL.com. A lot of the profiles, if you go to NFL.com and see a lot of the profiles for the players, uh, which I do that, I've done that for years. Uh, it's one of my my first things to do during the draft. Uh, Chad's the one who uh, is responsible for a lot of those, and um, he talked to, to Chase, and we're going to be bringing you that, that interview, an interesting interview, just kind of on uh, some general draft topics. First off, we're in the middle you know, obviously the NFL offseason period, news is coming fast and furious as we record this on Wednesday. It's the day that we're past the quote unquote tampering period and uh, you know, deals are actually getting done now, trades are going through, and uh, it does seem like about every hour you're hearing a big move. And and each of those moves obviously is going to affect the draft buildup for a lot of teams. Chase and I are going to talk about in particular how that will affect the quarterbacks in this year's draft. Chase, when you look at the at the group, it seems like every year you always see quarterbacks mocked at the start of the draft and then that's what ends up happening. This year's been a little different. The class, you know, people are down on this class. They're they're not really seeing this as good as what we've seen in quarterbacks most years. Do you buy that? What do you think of that so far? I buy
1: it that this group it and what we've seen come through in quarterback classes uh in recent years. I, I, I absolutely buy it. What I don't buy is that all these guys are gonna slide. I, on, on the first day of the draft. That's two different things, right? Uh, the the premium for quarterbacks, the market for quarterbacks is so strong and so hot in the NFL. GMs gotta have one. Coaches gotta have one. If you don't have a quarterback, your career is on a short rope. That that's essentially what it what it is if you're a GM or a coach. And therefore whether the quarterback classes are strong or weak, you're going to see these guys flying off the board in the first round.
0: That's how I see it, Jim. We've heard this before. I think that the class with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson kind of stands out to me where we've heard it before. Uh man, the quarterbacks, they're not going to go as high this year. They, you know, they're not as good. They always do. They always do. You are always going to see quarterbacks go early in this. And I don't know if, if we're talking about Malik Willis or, you know, some of the Pickett or, Matt Corral or some of these other guys, I, I think they're all going to go a lot. Uh, most of them are going to go earlier than what you would expect. And and to be honest, I there are some years I think you look at it and you say, yeah, okay, it's loaded. Uh, the Josh Allen class, uh, I, I think you know, but I don't think it's it's necessarily bad this year. Um, I'll just 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 me personally, I think Matt Corral is going to be a good NFL quarterback. I, I don't really know what I'm missing here. But uh, I watched that guy make plays all over the place for Ole Miss. So somebody's gonna have to talk me out of that.
1: I like Corral. You and I are on the same wavelength there. I think Corral's the best quarterback in the class to me. He's he's top of the list and, and could be an excellent NFL quarterback. He's grown a lot. He's he's a different quarterback than he was a couple of years ago for sure uh he's athletic you know he ran for almost 200 yards against Tennessee we're not talking about a pocket guy necessarily he can throw from the pocket but he can do some damage with his legs as well and for me he's at the top a big factor too though with these guys especially I think when you when the class is considered a little thin like this one is Gentry is situational fit right it's everything so if you if you've got a guy Who may need a year uh, on the bench, learning from a veteran, et cetera. Well, there are situations in the NFL where that's ideal. There are other situations where that guy's going to get thrown to the wolves week one as a rookie, right? Uh, And conversely, you know, maybe you got a guy who's more ready to go out of the gate, and he lands with a team with a veteran quarterback who's who's you know still at the end of the day a little bit better. So. Fit is is everything in the NFL, but especially at that quarterback position. Uh it just it depends and, and these these teams have got to consider all that when they when they make these picks in terms of not only a skill set fit, but also a fit in terms of what you've already got at the quarterback position and how quickly you need to stick one on the field who's who may or may not be ready, a
0: rookie, I mean. I think it's a matter of supply and demand really more than anything as you look around the league. The supply is low. It, it just is. And and that's why you're seeing Mitchell Trubisky become this highly sought after free agent. You know, teams are like lining up for Jimmy Garoppolo. The Browns are now making noise that they're going to get rid of Baker Mayfield. Well, you know what? If I was the Indianapolis Colts or the Seahawks or a team that still is looking for a quarterback that could. But but a team that still could be respectable. I would I would be all in for Baker Mayfield. I would go get that guy in a heartbeat. Um. You know, because I I think under most circumstances in the NFL, maybe he's not a guy you want. But right now, Baker Mayfield looks pretty good to me. If you look around the NFL, I, you know, and again here in Nashville, Ryan Tannehill has been the topic of all kind of criticism since the playoff game, since he threw three picks, and rightfully so. I mean, he wasn't good in that game. But looking around, especially with what the Colts are dealing with in their division, Tannehill looks pretty good. I mean, if you have a reliable guy, you're gonna go to great lengths to try to keep. Look what the Minnesota Vikings gave Kirk Cousins for goodness' sakes. Broke the bank,
1: broke the bank for that guy. Yeah, and and I think to to extend on that thought, Gentry, this is an if you're the Cleveland Browns as an example, this is a pretty good time to move Baker Mayfield if you're going to move him. And of course, this talk about Mayfield moving on is stemming from word that the Browns have got an interest in Deshaun Watson who of course is on the trade block right now and if if you're Cleveland and that's the direction you're gonna go it's a perfect time to get maximum value for Mayfield even though he's coming off a so-so year where he was hurt all year you know that nine throwing shoulder of his was beat up all season he didn't play especially well but you could still get I think good value for him for a couple of reasons one the aforementioned draft class is thin, right? If you need a quarterback and you don't like the rookie class, go get a go get a Mayfield, you know, if you if you like him better. And the flip side of that, too, is that the free agency class at the quarterback position is weak this year. Really weak. I mean, there's just there's just not a lot out there. And so the market for a guy like Mayfield, if he's gonna be on the block, it's gonna be strong, even though he didn't have such a great year. In this environment of a thin draft class and a thin free agency class at that position,
0: I think Mayfield uh, would would draw a good value in a deal. Well, and and you see, like, what Washington did with Carson Wentz. I mean, third round picks aren't, you know, the end of the world here, but you're taking on a lot of salary and giving up draft picks for a guy in Carson Wentz that was was an abject failure uh, with the Colts. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, not only are you're going to have to pay to get that guy. Like you said, the free agency market is weak, and I think we can relate that to the draft in that it does drive up the the price, and I think it is. I think we're seeing that around the league because there probably is some reluctance for this year's quarterback class. Again, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think there are good quarterbacks in this class. Pickett at Pitt, I watched him several times last year. I think that guy could be a good NFL player. Maybe none of these guys are, like, top three pick good, but we already talked about Matt Corral. Willis from Liberty, I think, has shown out well so far. Uh, I think his stock's on the rise. Maybe one of the few quarterbacks, really, whose stock is on the rise
1: yeah.
0: Uh, here here recently. And you're going to have some some quarterback-needy teams that are going to have to go this route, whether they want to or not.
1: You are. There's no doubt, and I think with this class, even though we'll, even though I think there's a good chance we're going to see maybe as many quarterbacks go in the first round as we normally do. The difference may be instead of going in the front half of the draft, maybe they go in the back half of the draft, right? Maybe teams are holding off. Now, of course, the deeper you get in the first round, the closer you get to playoff teams that generally aren't going to need a quarterback. Uh, so that's a factor too. But you know what? Uh, That's when teams that have a high second rounder and maybe want to move up 10 spots and jump into the 20s uh, who need a quarterback. Maybe that's where some a couple of these guys go. It's going to it's it's going to be interesting to see where some of them fall. Uh, But but like we said, you you and I both like corral at the top of the class. Uh, Willis has got a lot of upside. I learned a, a good bit about him. Uh, in my last few months working for NFL.com. I know he's interviewed quite well NFL scouts uh, uh, at the Combine and and at the Senior Bowl especially. We're we're highly impressed with with him uh, and how he's a high-character guy on top of being a running back caliber athlete and on top of having probably the strongest arm in terms of velocity of anybody in this group. So a lot of upside there.
0: Well, and I think also... You mentioned you get a class like this. That's when the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs move up and take a Patrick Mahomes. Somebody's going to see someone they like. Yeah. And it may not even be, need to be a starter right away. I mean, he was drafted to be a backup for uh, Alex Smith there for a year. And and I think there's going to be some opportunity there as opposed to the usual draft where there's a run on quarterbacks and four of them go in the top ten picks. Yeah. So, I, I and I don't think this class is as Bad as everyone seems to think, I think there will be opportunity there. You know, it, it, it'll also be interesting to to see what teams are needy because I think that's going to change quite a bit. And, and the way this is played out, okay, the Broncos got rich with Russell Wilson, but now the Seahawks are needy. The right. the if Deshaun Watson goes to the Falcons, well, that was a team we never even viewed as being needy in the first place because right. of Matt Ryan. Uh, the Bucks were a guy that you know we, we thought they would be all in for for all these people, and now Tom Brady comes back. So what do you do if you're Tampa? You're still going to have a good team, and you got what one more year of this guy. I mean, I know, I know it's Tom Brady, and he's going right. to be your guy, and you want to have him back, but he's already retired once. I mean, you kind of need to. Is Kyle Trask really going to be your option there? That's a good point. Even though Brady is
1: back, maybe Tampa is looking at one of these guys uh, at some point in the draft. I, I think. Probably not, but you make a good point. If we assume Brady's only gonna go one more year, and why would you not assume that, considering that, that he was briefly retired even this off season, then yeah, Tampa's gotta be thinking about it. Like you said, the Broncos were a needy team, no longer, because they pick up Wilson. Seattle now needs a quarterback. Carson Wentz goes to the Commanders. The Colts now need a quarterback, and uh, the Commanders probably need a quarterback more than they think they do, right? And uh, Deshaun Watson, if he ends up with Atlanta, uh, then I think you see something similar. We were just talking about Mayfield moving. Atlanta doesn't keep Matt Ryan if they pick up Deshaun Watson because they're going to have to sell the house in that trade. And if Watson is in with the Falcons, then they're going to be looking to move Matt Ryan, and now they'll get good value for him.
0: I think some of this, too, is that you're seeing panic on some of these teams. Because the teams that are rich at quarterback, especially in the AFC right now, are really rich. They have yeah. good quarterbacks, and they have good young quarterbacks. The AFC is looking stacked. With it's very much a have and have not kind of situation, and and gaps are developing. And you see a team like the Colts that that altogether, when you look at their roster, that's a team that's built to win. Now they have a they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. They have everything you want: offensive line, defense, but they—they they have not. What Andrew Luck retiring on short notice the way he did completely wrecked the trajectory of that franchise, and it's just a perfect example of if you don't have that guy, you're you're not going to win. And I uh, I I I don't want to say panic buying, but I do think that's a lot of what we're seeing, and it's going to be interesting to see how that leads into the draft because you are going to have some some teams that are going to be looking for for answers and and i think the question they're going to need to ask themselves is would we rather pay top dollar for a matt ryan for a few years uh, what do you think of a jordan love i think that's that's somebody who could be out there you know and and but i think the the big lesson to all this if you're if your favorite nfl team has a good quarterback who is under 30 years old Consider yourself lucky because that team's going to be in the mix for a while.
1: That's where the league's gone. There, there, there's no doubt. Uh, we're, we're, we're way past the days where you can get it done with a running game and defense and an average quarterback, right? I, I mean, we you, you kind of saw it, I guess, with Trent Dofer with the Ravens, right? Won a Super Bowl on, on defense in a running game. Uh, Jamal Lewis, et, et, et cetera. And, it, and maybe it's happened a time or two since then. But for the most part, if you don't have a top 10 quarterback, you're out of the picture. Are these guys going to be that guy? You know, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati had an excellent combine, super impressive athlete out of Cincinnati. He's another one that teams are looking at. Maybe he ends up going in the second round. Uh, and you've got Carson Straw, all these guys. One of the reasons, you know, this, this class is talked about as a weak class for different reasons, depending on the guy, right? I mean, the question mark on Pickett uh, from Pitt is that he's a little bit of a flash in the pan, right? He was an average college quarterback until last year when he blew up and and led Pitt to an ACC title. So the track record there maybe has some teams uh, scratching their heads a little bit. Uh, Sam Howell at North Carolina, Kind of the opposite, right? This past year was not his best year, and it certainly wasn't the best of seasons for UNC uh, Willis. He's coming from that RPO offense at Liberty, where where he, you know, he, he's going to have to do a lot of different things at the NFL level. So maybe some question marks there in in, in terms of scheme fit for him. Uh, Ritter and Carson Strong at Nevada. Now here's a guy who's who's had a couple of knee surgeries and actually has a uh, cadaver uh, cartilage in in, in one of his knees, so that's definitely a a, a bit of a red flag for clubs at times, you know, and the doctors, the medical teams will go top to bottom on Carson Strong from Nevada and and try to assess uh, what they think of that knee. I thought he looked pretty darn good at the Senior Bowl in the practice week, but all these guys have got a different question mark, but none of them have no question marks.
0: You know, I, I, I'm trying to think back of an instance where I was genuinely correct on a quarterback who went early in the first round and a time when I wasn't. Um, there were plenty of times I wasn't. Uh, i tell you, Justin Herbert was a guy I liked a lot at the time. And I remember Tua was in that class. And Herbert, look, when, they, when they're... It, it, we're to the point in this process where you, teams are looking for reasons not to draft these guys, and in Herbert's case, there was always a little something, you know, and and but physically, he was he was a specimen. He was a guy, kind of guy that you felt like would go in there and do it. Josh Allen, much the same way. Anyway, um, it's probably a topic for another day. But also wonder how many teams are going to be peeking ahead to next year when you, Bryce Young and company, in there. But uh, all right, we're gonna. Kick over to Chase's interview uh, with Chad Reuter. Uh, pretty informative stuff here, and uh, we'll, we'll be back on the other end. Chad Reuter of
1: NFL.com, an analyst at NFL.com, does a fantastic job breaking down the draft on an annual basis, joining us here on the podcast to talk a little bit of draft as we sit here. Uh, roughly six weeks out, Chad, uh, this is – uh, when you when you get this close, it's like it's right around the corner, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it is. Uh, as you know, I start on this process um, before d- before this draft happens. I'll have started on my twenty twenty three draft process. So by this time, I've looked at these guys, you know, quite a bit, and and I'm um, looking forward to to uh, looking at a new class and all that stuff. But it's it's fun. Uh, fun being it was fun being at the combine. Lots of great stuff going on again this year. Um, after a year away from there, and um, yeah, it's a it's a great time of year.
1: Getting this particular podcast series started, Chad. I think a great place to start is where you know let, letting the listeners know where this draft is strong and deep position wise, where it's thin, uh, where they can, where fans can expect their team to to maybe get a starter in a fourth or fifth round? And what positions can they forget all about getting a starter that late? So thoughts on that from you.
2: Yeah, uh, there's actually a lot. I I think a lot is made of, you know, thin and weak versus strong positions in our draft. I I think most drafts are are fairly similar uh, across the board, but this year um, there's gonna be more edge rushers taken early and often, and you're also going to have those guys in the third, fourth round that are that are going to be that are going to turn out like this, uh, Samson Ubacon, and, and some of these other guys that kind of come out of nowhere and and become you know good pass rushers at the next level. We're gonna we're gonna see some of those this year too. Um, so you'll, teams looking for edge rushers will be happy. Um, at skill positions, the, the wide receiver group may not be as uh, highly regarded as the last couple of years, but there's still going to be five or six guys in the hunt for first round picks. And there's going to be some good depth, you know, on day two and into day three. So don't sleep on the, on the class, um, uh, on that class, tight ends, another group that's going to be deep in, in rounds three and four, even if there isn't, there may not be a top 50 pick, but from the end of the second round through the fourth round, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to contribute. Um, good inside linebackers as well, good group in the middle rounds. Um, offensive line, really, in all the different positions on the offensive line. Centers, there could be three or four taken in the first couple days. Offensive tackles, there could be five or six going in the first round. Uh, so some real good deep there. And, and the positions that maybe aren't as deep, defensive tackle, once you get past the first couple rounds, it kind of a, a weaker class. Uh, safety not particularly there'll be some guys that make special teams and you know they'll make teams but not particularly strong uh Kyle Hamilton obviously from Notre Dame is a outstanding prospect but you know probably a couple of second rounders and then more in the third fourth round guys that will be um you know uh that'll be that'll make rosters and, can, and contribute but not you know be superstars
1: having covered the last nine NFL drafts prior to this upcoming one as part of NFL media, chat, I got to tell you, from my vantage point, it seems like wide receiver classes are deep virtually annually, and the cornerback classes tend to be thin almost annually. That's something I'm sure you can't say yeah. about every single draft, but that's a
2: pattern, is it not? Well, it's, you know, I think teams – you know, it's interesting because um, running back, wide receivers are almost becoming like running backs in that you don't have to take them early unless they're special. You can get guys in the second, third, and fourth round. And I think we're seeing that because more, you know, and obviously college teams are playing three or four receivers um, regularly. So it's like running backs and wide receivers are kind of getting in the same boat now. Like there are so many talented guys. Um, but you know, the thing is, is that we say that because we see them in college, but not all the guys that we think are going to be good pros turn out to be good pros. Um, so I think you're right in terms of like recently we've had a lot of good receivers drafts, but, uh, I think that that's partially because of where offenses are going. Um, and then on the cornerback side, it's, it's the reflection of that, right? Like it's tough to play cornerback. Um, so your film in college, a lot of these guys are getting beat a lot in college because of the offenses. So they don't look as talented as, as maybe they should be considered. Um, but you know, it's a tough position. Guys want to catch the ball, not have to tackle the guy that's catching the ball. So I think you're at an advantage when you're, you're on the offensive side of the ball in terms of where the talent, it looks like there's a lot of talent there. And corners, you know, on the other side, not so much. But, but enough guys in later on day on day two and in day three at cornerback this year. There's going to be some guys that stick around at corner and um, and and make an impact. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like in terms of cornerbacks, you see a lot more of those guys turning over after three or four years and getting replaced by rookies just because it's it's a really difficult position.
1: Changing gears with you here now a little bit, Chad, I want to talk about the free agency impact on needs, right? I mean, certainly there's a lot of attention on what team needs are uh, before March. Uh, but as soon as mid-March comes along and free agents start going left and right, uh, it yeah. can alter team needs pretty significantly. Uh, you know, just looking at some of these latest moves, you know, are the Steelers out of it for a quarterback now that they've picked up Mitchell Trubisky? That's a that's a question I think I'm not sure I have an answer to. Uh, yeah, you have the Jaguars making a pretty big splash in free agency. They pick up uh, Brandon Scherf to to help out on that offensive line. They pick up Evan Ingram, and yeah, they need they pick up Christian Kirk. Uh, a lot of names going that way to, to help out an offense that badly needs it. Uh, yeah. And then the Chargers, defensively, they go out, they get J.C. Jackson from the Patriots. They, they pick up Khalil Mack in a trade. You got the Cleveland Browns picking up Amari Cooper in a trade. They certainly had a need at wide receiver. Yeah, uh, it, it's a, It, it kind of jumbles things
2: up needs-wise. Huh? Yeah, and, and honestly, um, quarterbacks, this quarterback class is something we might talk about, but it, the landscape of quarterbacks is so up in the air right now uh, that I don't even think we can talk about what's happened yet because until Deshaun Watson signs somewhere and all the dominoes fall, right. that's going to be you know a whole different thing. But in terms of um, other teams, some some teams that I've identified as possibly changing up their their – their first-round, you know, possibilities. The Baltimore Ravens signing Morgan Moses. Is he going to step in and be that starter uh, on the right side? And then maybe they don't have to take one in the first round uh, if they feel like that's the case. And they might go for an edge rusher like David Ajabo from Michigan or Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. So that's one thing to to look for. Um, another one, interesting one, is the Eagles signing Hassan Reddick. Does that mean that they don't have to look at an edge rusher in the first round with one of their three first round picks? Right. They might pick one anyway, just, just to get younger there. You know, they have Josh Sweat on the one side, but you know, Brandon Graham's getting older. And, and so, you know, this other guy, so uh, uh, that, you know, that may or may not take them out. And, and they have other needs as well. Um, you know, uh, many other needs. And then the Patriots are another team that have lost Shaq Mason and Ted Karras. So do they, are they the team that's going to pick Zion Johnson from Boston college in the first round? really talented interior offensive lineman That is kind of looking that way or are they going to go they also lost jc jackson right so do they want a cornerback one of the talented cornerbacks like andrew booth from clemson for example in the first round so dallas losing randy gregory and that whole debacle are they going to look for an edge rusher now later in the first round or maybe they still want a wide receiver since they traded you know cooper um the tampa bay buccaneers they, they, they re signed uh, Ryan Jensen and, and got Shaq Mason, but they might still need another um, offensive lineman. Or they're so even with signing Carlton Davis back as a free agent, uh, they don't have a lot of depth at corner. They had to sign guys off the street last year. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting stories that are coming. The free agency and draft, like you said, are very related. And uh, almost all the way down the line, you can look at each team and say, oh, well, yeah, they do. And I think I've found that over time is that just because they sign one guy doesn't mean that's off the table in the first round if they don't have a lot of depth at that position or if they're older at that position. Um, at some point, you have to pick, you know, a guy that's uh, that matches your grade for, for what that pick is. You want to get the value, even if it's not, uh, even if you've kind of addressed that need. It, the Denver Broncos last year, right, they signed multiple cornerbacks and they take Patrick Sertan. Can't blame them for doing that, um, but, you know, it, it doesn't always... It doesn't always match free agency and draft what you think might happen. You
1: mentioned the Cowboys losing Randy Gregory. For for me, I, I absolutely think that that puts them in the market for an edge rusher early in this draft. And you could say, yeah, they bring they're bringing back Lawrence and, and they've got Micah Parsons. But look, if you if, if I'm the Cowboys. I want to maintain the flexibility to keep playing Micah Parsons off the ball if I want to. I don't want to make yeah. that. T- you know, he can get after quarterbacks as well as anybody. He showed that last year when they had some injuries and, and they decided to start bringing him off the edge. But if you want to make that a real luxury, then you pick up an edge rusher, right? And, and, and you kind of fortify behind Randy Gregory so that if you want to keep playing Micah Parsons off the ball, which he's also outstanding at, you can, you can still do that.
2: Right, keep them fresh, you know, keep the rotation going. Um, and, you know, that, like I said, in this draft, you're going to be able to find an edge in the second, third, or fourth round. So I, I think they could um, pick up a guy a little bit later if they wanted to. But, but you can also say that about receiver uh, at some level. So it'll be interesting to see which way they go.
1: Yep. Lastly, Chad, wanted to hit on the quarterback class with you before I let you go. Generally regarded by scouts, certainly to be a, a pretty thin group uh certainly first rounders are going to fly though because they're quarterbacks right? I mean we see every yeah. year that there's a uh, th- there's a fiery market for those guys, whether it's a strong class or not early in the draft but uh, among that group pickett willis how ha- ha- have you got a favorite or a guy you feel like not necessarily will be the first to be picked, but the one you feel like will be the best pro.
2: I think, you know, I think it really is dependent on the situation, right? I mean, I think you're going to want, for example, the Seahawks, if they're not able to get a veteran, um, are they going to – they probably won't take a Malik Willis because they had Russell Wilson and they were kind of bumping heads in terms of his ability just to get rid of the football and and, and just, you know, move on. And I, I don't think Malik Willis would be – that guy, I think Kenny Pickett, for example, Matt Corral, they might think is a guy that just gets rid of the ball, um, but can also make some athletic plays. And, and Kenny Pickett's pretty athletic too. So, uh, I you know I think it just depends on each situation. The Falcons, for example, they may love Malik Willis because they can he he can sit behind Matt Ryan for a year, and then they can make changes in the offense accordingly after Matt Ryan is gone to 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 play to Willis's strengths. So that's the way we find almost every year in this class. And, you know, last year, every year the same thing happens. Quarterbacks are great, and then they're terrible, and then they're great again, and then they're terrible, and then they get picked in the first round. I mean, that's 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 the cycle. Um, I think that between Willis, Howell, Pickett, Desmond Ritter, um, and Corral, I mean, two or three of those guys are going to become very good starters. Uh, it, it just – what happens is how they mature, the situation they're in, and the people around them and that's what makes sense and and what what also usually happens is the order in which they're picked is not the order in which the success of their career goes um so you're going to see you know maybe Tua will won't be as successful as justin herbert and even though one is picked before the other so those are the things that i know but right now it's sort of everything's so up in the air with the veteran quarterback carousel going on it's so hard to know who's going to be looking for a quarterback and, and not uh, but, but I think they're better than people are giving them credit for. I, I think they're going to be good players. And I think a lot of people expect them to come in and be Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, whatever, you know, elite quarterbacks they are always looking for things that elite quarterbacks do, but they don't have to be elite. They just have to be better than the guys that are on the field right now for these teams or, you know, or the next guy. up. So, uh, I think people need to give them a little bit of a break and let them work through and mature and and really, um, you know, work with their team and, and, and get better. So I think these guys will end up being better than people think.
1: Last question before we let you go, Chad, as we've talked about, these guys, these quarterbacks are going to be first round picks. I mean, there's just the market's too hot. Teams need that position filled and successful too badly not to go in the first round. However, we, we often see a trade-up market for quarterbacks, right? Teams yeah. jumping, uh, giving up uh, some pretty big picks just to move up a few spots to get their guys. Sometimes they move up from the front of the second round to the back of the first round. What uh, like <clears throat> happened, for instance, with Lamar Jackson and Ozzie Newsom last year as GM with the Ravens. Given that this quarterback class is considered... Uh, not the best do you think that while they will while there will be some teams that are certainly going to take quarterbacks in the first round do you think the trade-up aspect of it might kind of disappear this year with teams thinking we like him but we're not going to sell the farm for him if he's there when we pick we'll get him
2: right you know um, I think it's I think it's dependent on demand and where the teams are that are, that are in, in the hunt for quarterbacks. So um, if Pittsburgh, I, I think Pittsburgh is definitely in the mix for quarterback. They're going to have to trade up if they want to get the guy they want. Um, Atlanta, Carolina, whoever loses the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, um, these, I think teams are still going to have to move up if they like a guy. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about the guy. I mean, look—you've had to trade for um, even in class, like teams traded up for Josh Allen. Like the Bills traded up for Josh Allen, even though people thought he was inconsistent at Wyoming and blah blah blah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes—you know—the the, the Chiefs went way up, and Mahomes wasn't even on top fifty lists at this time of the year before that draft. Uh, Deshaun Watson was traded up way from the end of the first round into the mid first round, so. You know, even if a draft isn't, quote, great and people don't think that these quarterbacks are great, there's still going to be trade-ups. Mitch Trubisky is another perfect one, too. They, they The Bears traded up one spot. Um, and, and so, it, you know, it, it's it's not really about what we think of the quarterback class. It's, it's whether a team loves a quarterback enough that they want to pay that price to get him because you don't want to see that guy come off the board uh, before you pick.
1: There you have it, Chad Reuter, analyst at NFL.com, and a darn good one breaking things down for us on the NFL Draft. Chad, great to have you for sure. Hopefully we can catch you back uh, one more time before the draft in, in late April. Sounds great, Chase.
0: Thanks a lot for having me on. Good stuff there, uh, Chase, with, uh, with, with Chad Reuter. Hopefully um, the first of many big guests we have for you here on Draftville. Hopefully – Everyone enjoyed uh, the first episode here. That'll do it for this edition. We hope you will subscribe to TideSports.com, Tuscaloosa News, Tennessean.com, USA Today, any of our properties nationwide. Uh, If you haven't already, please remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Chase Goodbread, I'm Gentry Estes. Thank you so much for listening.